Good to see you this morning. <clears throat> the rain, I hope, hasn't put a uh, damper on your weekend. I, for one, was grateful for the rain. We needed it. Glad that uh, we got the rain and I didn't lose power. Did you lose power? Y'all, y'all, everybody, everybody got power? You lost some power? Four hours. Okay. Must not be living right, Tom. Nobody else, <laughs> nobody else in here lost power but you. Oh, my. Yes. Need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that were impacted by that hurricane, for sure, and um, opportunities, therefore, for the gospel and sanctification and all the rest. It's hard to fathom when you see the news, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> thank you, Ken and uh, Claude, for the music. Um, what a great song that was and a great truth that we sang about. Um, just a reminder, some announcements this evening is the equipping class um, that starts at 5 o'clock over in the auditorium. Um, Michael Lari is teaching uh, this evening the uh, segment in the um, auditorium and uh, Pastor Jeff will be continuing the segment in room 211. We'll all gather there to start with for song and encouragement. Venture Club 445, so just to remind you of that women's conference this coming weekend. So ladies, if you haven't signed up, um, I would encourage you to do so. And Tuesday is the, is the, last, uh, is the last day. So um, uh, it will be um, a great weekend. A lot of planning has been put into it, so give consideration to that. I've got a clipboard. I know this is really early, and I know making commitments ahead of time is is hard but the the more people that are able to make commitments and let us know then the easier it is to plan a major function so i think you understand that so balance balance both of those two facts together if you would but this is our abundant life it's a become an annual tradition uh bonfire and a, and a chili dinner it's going to be at 5 p.m on saturday november 5th it's going to be at the uh, the swanson's home all that information is on here we have here on a sign-up, and um, you know it'll go around the next uh, four weeks, three weeks maybe, four, however, however many Sundays it is between now and then. And you have a place where you can sign up what you'd be willing to bring, um, and then if you put right next to it how many people that you are that are coming with you. So if you were willing to bring a large crock pot of chili, you'd write your name there, and then you would put next to it. If you've got five people in your family that are coming, you just write five, okay? And uh, if we have to spill over on the back sheet, we'll have another one next week. But we knew the first time around that sometimes is a hard time filling up. So we need, we need chili, and we need cornbread, and we need cheese, and um, onions, and sour cream, and dessert. And we even did this. We even have a list thinking maybe we missed something and there's something you'd like to bring that isn't on here. That's great, too. So you can write your name, and you can bring that. Um, so anything else, Sherry, that I should put? So I'll pass that around. Greg, if you would help it when it gets to the end, get up here, and then all the way over to the other side, that would be super. Thank you. It's my understanding that um, after the services out there in the lobby this week, we have uh, voter registration forms and somebody there that can show you how to fill 
them out. So um, I hope you're all registered to vote, but if for some reason you're not, you moved here, you knew, you changed your address, um, really, our citizenship is in heaven, our primary, but of course we're citizens here of the Commonwealth of Virginia and um, citizens of the United States of America. We have a responsibility to vote. Um, we still have a constitutional republic where we have that privilege, but with that privilege is a great responsibility to exercise it and vote, and vote biblically. So get informed and go vote. And uh, while I don't like personally, I, I don't like one-day voting. I mean, I prefer the one-day voting. I prefer the lines. I, I don't like that we can vote for, you know, however many days. But it is what it is. So uh, even more reason not to vote. You can go down and vote right now. Vote. The voter is open. You can, Judy and I vote because we're in the city of Lynchburg. We go down to the train station, and we, we go down there. If you go down there during the middle of the day, don't do a lunch or something like that. You just, like, walk in. It, it, Every time, it's, it's been very easy. So uh, while I don't personally think that's best, that's the system. And so please utilize the system and go vote. If you're not registered, go out there and register today, okay? Um, got the clipboard going around. Heidi asked me to make an announcement. I don't expect you to remember all this. We'll, take an, we'll attach this, um, Debbie, on the... Um, email that we send, but um, this is a very worthy uh, request that she has here, and uh, Heidi teaches art um, in elementary school level, is that is that correct? Not high school? Both? All? Middle. 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 Okay. So, um, and here's what she says. Uh, I am an art teacher and willing to take some clutter off of your hands. I'm not going to ask you how many people have got cluttered drawers or closets or garages or attics. But anyhow, she's willing to help take some of the clutter off your hand. She says, let me help you empty your closets. Uh, if you have art craft supplies that have been in the bottom of your closet for the last decade and you are realizing that you're probably not going to use them, please consider donating, donating them to my art classroom. I will put every bit of it to good use. Begin with paints of all kind, papers of all kind, pencils, newspaper, interesting packages, interesting cardboard, yarn, string, thread, needles, fabric, felt, beads, sequins, buttons, pipe cleaners, um, brushes, metal gears, old engine parts, your trash. No, she didn't say any of that stuff. All right. That was just a joke. But if you got it, she probably wants to take it. So help her out. We'll give you that list. Or you can just talk to Heidi. Heidi, I think probably everybody knows you now. Heidi, would you just stand just for a minute? This is Heidi. So come see her if you've got questions about that. All right? Terrific. That announcement was fun. This one's not. Um, so um, I'm just going to read it. Our dear friends George and Margie Harton have found a sister church, Heritage Baptist Church, that is a better fit for them. It's a very difficult decision for them, but after much prayer and discussion, they have no doubt it was the right decision for them. They're grateful for the time it 
TBC and the opportunity they had to build the tender loving care ministry as well as establish a daytime small group. They came to realize that the ministries were at the right place where they were ready to be turned over to someone else and the timing seemed right for them to move on. They leave grateful for the time spent, the prayers offered on their behalf, the ministry that they had in our midst. They communicated with the elders, their intent, have helped to facilitate a, a smooth transition in every way. And at least initially, for those of you that would have questions, I will myself, along with the help of my wife, of course, lead the uh, Tender Loving Care Ministry and the Friday Small Group. So please pray for them as they get uh, plugged into their to their new home church. So um, that's that's that. What more can you say about it? I'm I'm sad, as I'm sure you are, but um, trust that the Lord will use them even as He has here at their at their next location. So that's hard to bounce a praise note off of, but I, I hope somebody here has got something to praise the Lord. Uh, for and that would be encouraging. Jesse, you've got the mic over there. That's great. Um, who's got an answer to prayer, a blessing, uh, something you want to share? Kathy? Well, this is an answer to prayer. It kind of sounds weird, but I um, wanted to share with everybody that Amanda's getting married October the 15th. Amen. And, uh, yes, down at Liberty Baptist, and we love him to death and very excited. Even though Mark told him to run, I said, no, no, we, we, she needs a partner. So we're very pleased. Amen. Congratulations. That is super. By the way, I didn't mention it, but if you've got a prayer request that you want to write down, you can grab a thing and I will collect them in a few minutes. There's handouts back there for the uh, class today. It's a brand new class. If you didn't get one of those, you need to pick up a handout too. Somebody else, a blessing, an answer to prayer uh, that you want to share? Uh, Barb, well, wait a minute, R Russ first. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for your prayers. Um, it was interesting traveling back, not having a hotel room in about three different states. So I traveled further than I wanted to and later in the evening, but it was to the glory of God that that happened. Um, meeting my friends in Maryland was uh, very special. And I just thank the Lord for Journey's Mercies coming back from Gatlinburg. Um, somebody was turning left off the interstate, and everybody's doing 60, 70 miles an hour. And it could have been a 10-car pileup, people swerving off the roads. And it was just a hand of God moving yeah. everything in, in place. And Amen. I just thank the Lord for that. Amen. Jesse, I think Barb has a praise note. I'm really praising the Lord this morning, and I have been, that our families are well in, my, in Miami, and they were all spared. Um, it was, uh, I think they may have gotten just a little bit of rain, and that's it. So I'm very thankful that my mom didn't have to go through that. Um, but I do want to pray for, um, for Florida and the devastation that there is. We've lived through many hurricanes. Right. And uh, it is, uh, it's like starting over again. It's a very difficult situation. So yeah. we need to pray uh, for them and for the situation there. Also, since I have the microphone, which I don't like using, <laughs> um, please pray for me uh, as I continue this process of having my knee replacement surgery. And there are some difficulties that have come up 
uh, with some tests that I need further testing and uh, it seems like right now I am not able to have that surgery because of a uh, very low blood count and so uh, I will have further testing and I would appreciate your prayers for that. Okay. Thank you. All right. I know George was, uh, excuse me, um, not George, your dad, George, um, is doing well in Florida, but was right there where the hurricane passed right over. Is that, is that right, brother? And uh, he's doing well. We have, most of Judy's family is in Florida. They all, they all spared well, as, as, as did these other um, testimonies. But a lot of people didn't, for sure. And so, again, pray for, uh, pray for them. Somebody else, a praise note, a blessing, an answer to prayer. Manny. This was kind of old. It's been two weeks, but uh, this September uh, 19th is my 13 years anniversary of my heart attack. And praise the Lord for another year. Amen. Amen. We take old prayer, prayer or praise notes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Anyone else? You all through? We got them? Do I have all the prayer um, requests here? I only have two to read. So um, let me read this first to Mark Smith. Uh, Kathy Smith about Mark. Mark is home with a sore throat. Also pray for our sister-in-law, Susan Smith, as they have her father's funeral tomorrow. So lift those items up in prayer, if you would. Um, Heidi actually sent me this uh, last evening in behalf of Jim and Gloria Swanson. You see that they're not um, here uh, this morning, so let me just uh, read this. Uh, last, this was as of last evening. They're on their way to Roanoke to help a friend. Um, her husband is severely ill in the hospital. He has kidney failure and septic. Their names are Pat and Randy. And uh, they have an adult son named Daniel who is totally paralyzed and requires constant care. Um, the Swansons are going there or went to Roanoke to take care of Daniel so that the wife and mother, Pat, could go to the hospital and be with her husband. So you can imagine the very difficult situation she's in and the family is in. So Gloria asked that we pray for um, them as they try to fill the caretaker's role for Daniel and pray for Randy's recovery. So let's please pray for that entire situation. Um, Danny says Gail's second um, cataract surgery to get scheduled. Wants us to pray for that. Did everything go okay at Duke? Uh, they do fear that her, uh, the CNS uh, lymphoma may be coming back in her eyes. Uh, after they did the cataract surgery in her right eye, they detected some inflammation uh, back there. And it's a little early to tell 
but that's uh, one reason they sent us down to down to okay. to get that checked out. All right. Good. Thank you. Let's pray for that to get scheduled. Then I will just remind you the Sims, Mark and Joy are still on that mission trip. We we did hear um, early last week that Joy had a really bad case of poison ivy, and um, and was facing a bit of a uh, discouragement in um, in, in her, her ministry. So pray for encouragement for her and healing for her. And of course, um, I think this um, week soon, if he didn't already do it on Saturday, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, Mark will finish up his ministry in Chad and then be traveling back to join her for that second ministry that he told us about in Germany, if I remember. Uh, correctly. So Mark and Joy Sims continue to remember them. Got it all? Father, thank you um, that you um, are intimately aware of the need of all of your children. Um, You are amazing God. Thank you for the care that you give and the fact that you answer uh, our prayers individually and corporately. We lift these up. We thank you and praise you for those like Drew's father and Barb's family and our own family. I'm sure there are many others that were spared any um, severe devastation. We certainly um, pray for our brothers and sisters who are really in the midst of very difficult times. Um, Lord, you would give them grace. You would give them wisdom. And and even as we know you're sanctifying them, we, we pray there would be gospel opportunities for them. So we would, we would commit that all to you. We certainly pray for um, your working out the details for these surgeries that Barb needs and that Gail needs. We would lift them up to you. Our heart goes out to um, these that the Swansons, Swansons are ministering to. Um, give them that grace and understanding to be able to handle the care for Daniel. And Lord, we pray for Um, this husband who has this severe illness. We pray for this dear mother and wife. You would give her peace of God that passes all understanding. We ask for your healing hand. Um, Raise him up, though the kidneys are failing and though he has septic. uh, In my mind's eye right now, I can think of another dear friend that was in exactly the same situation just a few years ago. You raised him up off of his bed of affliction and uh, he's been home and and doing well for some time now. Do it again, Lord. I pray you do it again for, for this for this couple. Father, there are many other burdens, um, and I pray that you would meet them in such a way that you would receive the most glory and your people would be encouraged. Lord, now as we uh, turn <coughs> to your word, I pray you would help us to um, glean and to understand and to grow. And, and we grow by, by internalizing your word, believing the truth of your word, and then walking in that truth. So help us uh, to, to that end. Uh, even now, as we continue to look at these psalms, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 4. Claude um, typically emails me fairly early in a week and says, tells me what the song is that he has selected. Even earlier this week, he uh, emailed me and asked me 
Are you going to be in Psalm 4? Because that would have been the natural um, thing to do next. And uh, I think I threw him a curveball. No, actually, I know I threw him a curveball. And I said, well, actually, no, I'm thinking about doing Psalm 16. That's a long story as to why that was. But, but your, your email was helpful. It really was. It was helpful. Um, and I went back and I checked several things. Not that that matters. It has nothing to do with this. But um, your Sunday school teacher and your elder has a, a tendency sometimes um, to be a mental mess when he's trying to figure out what he wants to do next. Okay, And um, almost everybody that I know that has taught through the Psalms taught Psalm 3 and 4 together. And so, you know, after about checking 15 different sources, I don't know how many, but many different sources, um, I finally got with the program. <laughs> I finally figured it out. After you do Psalm 3, you do Psalm 4. So I got back a hold of Claude and said, whatever song you were thinking about, just go ahead and pick it out because we're, 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 going with, uh, we're going with Psalm 4. So that's what we're, we're looking at today. Uh, Psalm 4. Um, you have your handout there, and I look at this psalm, the great connection between Psalm 3 and 4, and, and I can't help it, I think of a little prayer that um, I learned as a boy, I don't even know how young it was, and it was one of those kind of things, I often say that early in my life it seemed like I would classify my family as a nominal Christian family. We we had a lot of we had a lot of religious routines, but that would be one. Um, we said grace most of the time. It would always be the same prayer. God is good. God is great. Let us thank Him for our food. Amen. All those things are true. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. I'm not, I'm not making trite. But what I would I would have this this evening um, prayer that my mom and dad would say with me. Now I lay me down to sleep. How many of you heard that prayer? Did any of you have that prayer prayed when you were little too? Now I lay me down to sleep. Um, it's really sort of funny if you're a little kid. Now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> I pray my. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Have a good night's sleep, Larry. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure why we why we say that to kids, but uh, nevertheless, we we do. Do you know that's not the original um, prayer? I didn't, but I just got digging around because I I wanted to make sure that I had the the words right, and those words are are old words. Those words. Um, were actually um, updated from the original in 1790 and, and put into a, um, a textbook that was used in the American colonies in school. We've come a long ways from, from those days, haven't we? And um, the original was written, if my research is correct, um, by George... Wheeler, and um, it came out of the Protestant monastery. So maybe that even explains why it's a little bit shaky. Um, 
But here are the original words. I thought this was interesting. I thought maybe you would enjoy them. Here I lay me down to sleep. To thee, O Lord, I give my soul to keep. Wake I ever, or wake never. Thee, O Lord, I give my soul to keep forever. And that was the original. I actually like the original better than the, better than the, than the um, revision. I wonder how often that is true in, in literature. Now I lay me down to sleep. You know, what do you think about when you lay down to go to sleep at night? What's the focus of your thinking in the final moments of a day? What did you think about last night before you went to sleep? Yeah, I understand. You know, what we, what we think about reveals uh, a lot of us, a lot about us. And we, we actually talked about this as we were delving into Psalm 3, and it, it really carries over here to Psalm 4. It's, it's very easy... Um, to lay down, but sometimes it's not so easy to go to sleep. Our minds can get very active, and in that activeness, we can become full of anxiety. On the one side, maybe we, we fill our mind with grand illusions of, of um, mountains we're going to conquer. Uh, on the other side, I, I don't know, I guess it probably depends on the kind of person you are. Maybe we worry about what's ahead but uh, oftentimes we don't have that, that sweet sleep of peace that we need. And God's given us the prescription uh, for that. David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, um, speaks to that both in Psalm 3 and in, in Psalm 4. And so because they go together, uh, I want to read Psalm 3 again uh, to you. And then I want to read Psalm 4. And we're going to look at it today, I guess, from a technical standpoint and then a devotional standpoint. It'll be two weeks. Um, I just can't get through all that I think needs to be said in one week. And then next week we'll, we'll look at it in, a, in an outline, systematic uh, way, uh, more teaching uh, the psalm. But today we're going to look at the, the technical aspects and how these psalms go together. So look at Psalm 3, if you would. Um, It was a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. O Lord, how many adversaries, O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying, my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people whom have set themselves against me around about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have smitten 
all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. Selah. So we looked at that psalm last week. And we looked at David's circumstances that were described. We looked at David's confidence declared and displayed. And then we looked at the conclusion, David's cry for deliverance. And I gave you um, four ways to make sure you would have a biblically good night's sleep, if you remember. And i just say them again briefly, both from verse 7 and 8. Pray strong prayers. Um, I told you, and that's in your handout from last week, uh, remember God and his faithfulness to you in the past. Three, stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself by rehearsing his promises. And trust God for his, for his blessing um, as you go off to sleep. And so we talked about that in, in some detail. And we sort of pick up that conversation and that theme in a way here in Psalm 4. So look at Psalm 4. The heading in my study Bible, or it's not actually a study Bible, but in almost any English translation, they'll have headings that are not inspired, but they're there. And so my heading on Psalm 3, perhaps yours was as well, a morning prayer of trust in God. Most of you have that for Psalm 3, someplace in the heading. And then in Psalm 4, mine says an evening prayer of trust in God. They're called morning and evening psalms. This also has a title. And so look at this title. Quite different from the title of Psalm 3. And, and I think there's, when there's a difference and they're right together, it's, uh, it's, it's there. The difference is for a reason. What's there is for a reason and what isn't there is for a reason, if that makes sense. We're going to look at that in a minute. But look what it says. For the choir director on stringed instruments... A psalm of David. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O sons of men, how long will your will how long will my honor become a reproach? How long will you love what is worthless and aim at deception? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. Uh, Many of the English translations will say, be angry and sin not. Uh, This is actually carried over, and it's in in Ephesians chapter 4. Be angry and sin not. Tremble, but sin not. Meditate in your heart upon your bed. And be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, Who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart, more than their grain and new wines abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you, 
alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. So we see this psalm, and we see in the title. You know, it's a psalm of David. It's a very personal psalm from the standpoint that it is something that is going on in David's life, and it's from him, and it was important for us to know. That's why we were given that information. I think if I remember right, there's 73 psalms that are listed that they're actually written by David. And so he's the author of this psalm, uh, like he is the, the psalm uh, before it. But this one is uniquely different because it says, for the choir master on the stringed instruments, or for the master director. And, and there's clearly some debate, because it's hard to know exactly, but um, it's, it's believed that, that there would be the um, people, all from... Um, Levites who were in charge of worship. And they, they, would, they would have different order and they would have different people, maybe like what we do in our, in our church today. Uh, there would be people that play stringed instruments and if you had a, uh, a big enough, maybe you would have people that would play um, all the rhythm instruments and people that would play brass instruments. and so They would have different people and then somebody has to be over that whole thing, and somebody has to make sure that, that they're all in temple and they practice, and it's a beautiful thing. And so we see that not only is this a personal song, because it's a psalm of David, we also see it's a corporate song. It was given to the worship leader. Psalms is a song. It was given to the worship leader that the song would be sung corporately in worship, primarily accompanied by string instruments. And so this, this psalm is something that is not just personal for David, but it's, it's corporate and it's worship for all of us. And so that sort of amplifies uh, its importance. I think the psalm in its personal uh, nature, where we find ourselves, and really all that we talked about in the last psalm, it's always good to go back. And I, I put here, I want us to anchor ourselves right here, that there, there's many facts of life, um, many big facts of life. But I, but I think three that we have to keep in mind continuously, and I, I have them written there as we approach this psalm. God is good. I mean, that, that's huge. You, you, you have to believe that. that his, his, the word is full of that truth. Over and over again, God is good. And then, secondly, we know that God is all-powerful. We know that God can do anything God wants to do. He's the creator God. There's no one higher than him. There isn't any, he's never worked up a sweat in his entire life. He has all the power. He has all power. He speaks and the suns exist. Not just our sun, all the suns exist. So, he, he's all-powerful. And he uses that power in a good way. He's a good God. But then what's the third hard truth of life? And that's why these psalms. What's the third hard truth of life? Life is hard and terrible things happen, don't they? I mean, life is hard and terrible things happen. And, and, and you know, that can be very confusing if we think about it. Because 
how in the world can the first two be true and then the third happen? I mean, if God is good, why did this happen to me? Someplace, somewhere, something has happened to you at some time and that thought crossed your mind. How could God let this happen to me? Uh, we're tempted with those thoughts and then if we're not careful, we head down the wrong road and pretty soon we're making accusation against God. And, and, and then a little bit further down the road, we're, we're actually saying that what God did is wrong. And, and that it's such an easy road to walk when you're in enormous pain and when things don't make sense. The only way these things make sense is by faith. The only way these things make sense is by objective truth. The only way these things make sense is if this psalm is inspired by God, if Psalm 3 is inspired by God, if Romans 8 is inspired by God, if Romans 8.28 is inspired by God. Because if it's inspired by God, if it's it's the words of the living God, then we know God is good and we know he's all-powerful and therefore even even though bad things happen, it's not purposeless. You hear me say that over and over again but because we have to grab that and grip that and believe that by faith. Nothing that happens to me, especially painful things that happen to me, is purposeless. Never, ever purposeless. And so grasping that, is just so utterly important. And that's one of the reasons that we come here together and worship. And that's why this psalm is so important when it points to worship. One of the reasons that we come together here is that all of us have got burdens. There isn't anybody in here that if I sat down with and said, let's take 20 minutes and share with me some of the heavy burdens of your heart, every single one of you, and I could do that with you, have got some really really heavy burdens. Or if you didn't believe the fact that God's all-powerful and that God is good and that your pain and your burden isn't purposeless, you just want to quit and you want to give up. And sometimes we come in and we're in, maybe we haven't quit, maybe we haven't get up, but we're, we're really struggling. We all have those times, don't we? And do you know that one of the designs of corporate worship is that we come in here together and we gather together and this place is full, and we stand together, and we begin to sing, A mighty fortress is my God. Uh, we begin to sing the, the songs of the faith, and, and, and the Spirit of God, and our voices as we worship corporately, one with another. And somebody will come and they'll read the Word of God, and we'll pray together, we'll read together, and then we'll listen and preach together. And the Spirit of God literally takes our heads which are staring at our circumstances and we're lifting together with everybody else. All of our eyes are pointing to God in Christ. And, and we leave refreshed. We leave with our faith renewed. We, 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 we leave with that confidence that, yes, God is good no matter what happens. And yes, God is all-powerful and he will make good things happen out of this some way. I believe it. one of the designs of this psalm 
that's why in that opening, it says it's to be given to the choir director. Get yourself some stringed instruments. Sing it as the corp corporately as you get together because we're heavy laden with our difficulties. David was personally, but God knows we all are corporately. And we need this time together where we lift our heads as we lift our voices to the Lord. And so that's a blessing. We're reminded of the promises of God. Do you like moving and unpacking boxes? I can tell you I don't. Uh, this, this renovation is beautiful. I've hated every minute of it. I go home and I confess all over again every day to my wife and tell her, pray for my attitude. The other day, the other night, I, even, I asked Sherry, pray for my attitude. You ever have to ask for somebody to pray for your attitude? I walked into my office the other day. I'm, my office is beautiful. No man should have an office like I have. I'm pe preachers and counselors and teachers all over the world that don't have an office like I have. I have no idea why, why God would give such grace. And I walked in that office with all the new paint job and all the new shelves and all the new desk, all the new furniture, new curtains, new clock. Beautiful. Except for a mound of boxes this high that are all sealed up with all of my stuff because all the shelves are empty and all the desk is empty and all the files are empty and somehow I got to pull all that stuff out and put it in the new. I don't know why that's depressing to me, but it is. But I did find out this nugget. If you have an office or whatever your office is, do you have any place where you just looked and you said, this is a keepsake, I gotta keep it. And you just sort of, you like, you stuck it there. And then there's another keepsake. I haven't changed my office in 30 years. <laughs> you know how many keepsakes there are in there? That's really scary. <clears throat> in fact, they put a file cabinet for me in a bin downstairs because as I go through stuff, some stuff's gonna have to be shredded, some's gonna have to be sold, some's just gonna have to be thrown away. Um, I might as well do it now. I thought I was going to just leave it for them when I went on to glory, but it looks like it's going to have to be done now. So, well, one of the things I pulled out, and I was up here late last night with my wife, was 18 years ago or something like that, I gave her a little book, and I, I wrote into the cover of it. And it was a book, you've seen them before, The Promises of God. And... It was this author's idea of what a believer could be assured of that God had promised, and the book is full of them. And I had given that to my wife, and I had I'd written a love letter to her in the cover, and I gave it to her. But that's what we do in corporate worship. I did that privately with her. It was, it was sort of neat. And then after we looked at it together, it's all, we just threw it away. And uh, <laughs> I'm only kidding about that. Um, 
but the promises of God. That's what we do. We come in here and our hearts are burdened and we're weighed down and we've forgotten about God and we've forgotten about his promises. But when we gather together and we sing and we lift our voices and we read his word, his spirit takes and he lifts us and we lift our head and we say, glory to God, all of your promises. You have promised to be an ever-present help in time of trouble. And, and the list is endless. And God does that work in us that we're able to go back out as warriors again, soldiers of the cross, with a week ahead. That's what this psalm is, is designed to do. This, this psalm has so many comparisons. I gave us a list. It's psalm 3 says, I awoke for the Lord sustained me. The Psalm 4 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So we can see the idea of laying down and sleep when trauma is going around out of me. Uh, we, we learn that truth that God has us from these Psalms, and they're, they're connected together that way. Um, calling on God is supposed to be in prayer, and answering prayer. We see that in the third psalm, verse 4, and it comes right to us at the beginning of the um, fourth psalm. You see, the many say, I'm not going to read all these, but many say, in both of these psalms, 3, 2, and 4, 6, there's a popular opinion of the crowd that is trying to tear David down. And you're always going to have the crowd that's going to be trying to tear you down. The many say, there's no help. There's no help for you from God. Many say that. Many will say, you believe God is good? And, and, and this psalm is a reminder that we aren't to listen to the crowd. We're to listen to the Spirit as it opens up and illuminates the Word of God to us. One of the things I found interesting, so I put the whole thing in here for you. You didn't need it. You probably don't even want it, but I wanted you to have it. So do these psalms both have the same context? And many great preachers and theologians would say, yes, Spurgeon being one of them. You're on pretty shaky ground when you argue with Spurgeon, right? But James Montgomery Voice did, and I thought, well, that's pretty neat. I put down what he said in here. And as I've studied it through, I, I sort of fall with him. Um, it does seem that this psalm is uniquely different in the fact that Psalm 3, it's clear there are thousands of soldiers around him and his, his danger is a physical danger. Absalom wants to kill him. The psalm we're going to look at and open up this week is a psalm where his personal character is being attacked. He's being slandered. Now, I grant you that Absalom stole the hearts of the people. And in doing that, he had to slander, he had to lie. But the fact that there doesn't seem to be any indication in Psalm 4 that he's in any physical danger, that the whole thing is slander, um, makes me think that's the, that's the main point of the psalm. And in in fact, I think that probably the key verse of the psalm um, is probably verse 3. Look at verse 3. Because you need verse 3 
when somebody speaks evil about you. Uh, you, need, you need verse 3 when somebody slanders your character, when somebody judges your motives. You need verse 3. Look what verse 3 says. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. You know, if you're settled that you're walking in the truth of God, it doesn't really matter what man says. And, and so you, you anchor your soul not in pleasing man, but in pleasing God. And, and when you recognize that the only reason you're saved is because God saved you and he set you apart. And he didn't set you apart for nothing. He set you apart for, for himself. I mean, isn't that amazing? He's the one that will glorify us and he's the one that's making us holy. He's the one that is making us right, clothed with the righteousness of Christ. It's all his work. It's what he's doing. He that began a good work in you is doing it. He set apart the godly for himself. And so though there, fear and tremble before the Lord, but don't worry about what men say. Don't worry about what men say. That's hard to do, isn't it? But, but that's one of the messages, clearly, of this psalm. And it's one of the reasons why I think that um, it perhaps isn't the setting of Absalom. Or if it is, the Spirit of God, when it was written didn't want it to be a single setting. He wanted it to be a setting that would apply to anybody. Let's face it. Most of us are never going to have thousands of soldiers round about trying to kill us. But everybody here's got somebody that slandered you. Somebody here that's reproved you, rejected you, judged you, abused you. We've all faced some level of that. This psalm is for you. It's for all of us, whatever the occasion is. And I think that's one of the beauties. So I'll end with this. Psalm 4 reflects the anguish of the innocent and oppressed or of the righteous sufferer. And thus we want to understand and gain from David's experience that has been given to us in Scripture because it addresses a fundamental and repeated human experience the experience of injustice, suffering, and oppression. We all face it. That's what this psalm is about. You have the context to the best that um, has been given to us. You see the technicalities. You see um, all of the comparisons. We've been challenged with the big truths, and now next week we'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll walk through it with the, uh, with, with the outline so it'll make sense to you expositionally. So maybe read and study that this week if you have time. Father, thank you for the power of your word, the certainty of your promises, the blessing of having the spirit of the living God indwell us, the amazing privilege it is to be part of the body of Christ and to gather together in the Lord's day and to turn all of our eyes upon you. I don't know who, who here today needed this message. Who is down? Who is discouraged? Who is feeling betrayed, slandered, evil spoken of? I, I, I pray they would lift their eyes to you. They would be refreshed that you have set them apart for yourself. And that they fear, need not fear anyone. Um, 
or were yours. Thank you for that marvelous truth. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>